Thank you, Lord. 2024. A year like never before. Praise the Lord. That came to my heart back in November of last year as I was seeking the Lord. And actually what I was doing was writing a partner letter, a letter to all the partners of our ministry. Many of you received that same letter. And as I was writing that, those words came strong to my spirit about 2024. And the Lord said it to me just like that. 2024, a year like never before. And um, I, it took several days to seek the Lord and to find out more about what he was saying about that. And several words over the next several weeks began to come to my spirit. And I want us to spend some time this morning and then over the next several weeks as the Lord leads us, setting a tone, setting an expectation of what you and I can believe to see in the coming days, weeks, and months all throughout this year. Now, you've heard me say this before, and you understand this, that nothing magical, nothing uh, mysterious takes place when you flip a calendar page from December 31st to January 1st. We put a lot of emphasis on that. As people, as a culture, we make a big deal about the end of one year and the beginning of another. But just because you turn a page, are you listening to me? Just because you flip the page doesn't mean everything's different now. <laughs> I think a lot of people year after year are perpetually frustrated because the things they want to change in the beginning of the year throughout another year, they just don't seem to change. And everything's the same as it was the year before and the year before and the year before and the year before. And they live frustrated because nothing's changing even though they want it to. But I think somewhere in the subconscious, they think, well, I flipped the calendar. You know, I went from December 31st to January 1st. Where, where's, where's the change? You turned a page, but that doesn't mean anything happened. Now, it, this is a good time. At the end of a year and the beginning of another one, this is a good time, but it's a good time to release some faith. It's a good time to draw a line in the sand, if you will, about some things you're believing God to see in the coming days, some things to change in your life, in your family, in your finances. But once again, it's not going to happen just because you and I turned a page. It happens in response to faith. You and I making changes, faith changes in our lives. And every year, the Lord has been faithful to give us a word to stand on. And this word that he's spoken to us about this coming year has to do with seeing things we've never seen before. And this has me stirred up. It's got me excited and I've been thinking about it every day since the day he said that to me weeks and weeks ago. But I got to be honest with you. I, I feel like I see about this much of it. I, I, I like it when I can see on down the road a little bit. I like it when the Lord says, here's what you're going to do over the next several weeks, months, the rest of this year, do this, do this, put this into practice, make this change, do it. Okay, Lord, we'll do that, we'll do that, we'll do that. I don't feel like I have that right now. What do I have? What do we have? We got a word. He said it's going to be a year like never before. Well, is that enough for us to get started on? Yeah. We're going to put some faith into that word. I'm believing we're going to see some things in our lives, in your life, in this church, things we've never seen before. And you know, that's what trusting God will do. The scripture says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. Those two things are opposite of each other. You've got trust in God and you've got trust in you. The problem with trusting yourself, the problem with trusting your own understanding is that's only going to show you things you've seen before. At the very best, trusting your own understanding, trusting your own ability to process, to think through, to calculate, at the very best, that'll show you things other people have seen. But trust in God, trusting in Him not with all your head, but with all your heart. That'll show you things nobody's seen. That'll take you places nobody's been. 
And I believe we're crossing a threshold out of us last year into this new one. And the word we have from the Lord is, I'm going to show you things nobody's seen. I'm going to take you places nobody's been. And I'm stirred up about it, church. Okay, well, how do we do it? What's first? What's next? I don't know. All I know is we got a word. And he said, I'm going to show you some things you've never seen before. Glory to God. He said he's going to do it. Let's do it. Lord. Thank you, Lord. But over the next few weeks after the Lord uh, spoke that to me, I began to hear some other words in connection to it. And I want you to write this down if you're taking notes. The first thing he said was 2024, a year like never before. And then I heard this word, unusual. Then I heard this word, uncommon. Then I heard this word, unfamiliar. Unusual, uncommon, unfamiliar. Unusual, uncommon, unfamiliar. And then it took another several days, another several weeks of just seeking the Lord. What are you saying about this? And this statement is what came to my heart. And you can write this down as well. I believe I heard the Spirit of God say this to us. If you will expect the uncommon and embrace the unusual, you will encounter the unimaginable. Let me say it to you again. If you will expect the uncommon. Now that right there is a faith move to expect the uncommon. We don't naturally expect the uncommon. We very naturally expect the common. What's common to us? It's the thing we've seen over and over and over again. And we know, I think, in a limited way, to a certain extent, we understand this about ourselves. We're creatures of habit. You've heard that said before. And there are things and rhythms and patterns that you and I fall into probably without realizing it. The, the things that we do on a daily basis, the, 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 the habits, the routines that we have from the moment we get up in the morning to the moment we go to bed at night. I bet if you were to really analyze what you do, I bet if you analyze yourself, you'd find out you brush your teeth the exact same way every single day, probably without realizing it. You probably don't realize it, but you probably do the fronts 18 times and then you go to the side. You know what I'm saying? I think, I bet if you really stopped and analyzed it, you and I would find out there are things that we do and we do it exactly the same way every single day. And because of that, we are not trained to expect something out of the ordinary. We've not trained ourselves to live with an expectation of the uncommon. We just expect the common. We expect what we saw yesterday because we saw it the day before and the day before, and the day before, and the day before. But I believe this word of the Lord to us is change that and start expecting the uncommon. Expect the uncommon. And then what did he say? Embrace the unfamiliar. Now this is really another place where we tend to struggle, right? We have a natural automatic response, not to embrace the unfamiliar, to resist it. Oh, I don't know about this. Never seen this before. Never, never seen it like that before. And instead of embracing it, we have a tendency to resist it just simply because we've never experienced it before. But I believe the Spirit of God is working on us, church, to change that way of thinking, change that way of believing that we start right now on the first sign of this year actually expecting the uncommon. Waking up every day with an expectation, I will see something I've never seen before. And when I see it, even if it's unusual, if I can see God in it, now this is so big, pay attention to this. If I can see God in it, I'm not just talking about finding weird stuff. I'm not just talking about things that are just out of the ordinary and it's just weird. I'm talking about what God is doing. And I'm going to show you this in scripture in just a moment. But when you see God in it, you embrace it. Even if it doesn't look like anything you've ever seen before, even if it looks like something you've never experienced firsthand before, when you see God in it, what are you going to do? You're going to embrace it. And he's saying to us, if you will expect it, and if you will embrace it, you will encounter, do you hear that word? Encounter 
the unimaginable, things that we have not yet imagined. I hesitate to say this to you because it sounds a little cheesy, but this is exactly the way the Lord put it to me. Things that you have not heretofore encountered. <laughs> this is exactly the way he wrote it to, or said it to me. That's the way I put it in my, mo in my notes. Things that heretofore you've never encountered before. That's what's going to make this a year like we've never had before. Now, all of this sounds good, but we need a word. You don't, want to, you don't want something, somebody's ideas. You don't want something somebody just sat down and came up with. Ooh, that sounds good. Expect the uncommon. Embrace the unusual. Encounter the unfamiliar. Notice they all start with an E and a U. And ooh, that's poetic. And no, all of that is, it is what it is. But it's nothing if you don't have a word from the scripture to build it on. If you don't have the word as foundation, I don't care what anybody says, this year's gonna be this, and I declare this, year, this over this year, and 2024 will be this and that, and you're gonna do this, and you're gonna go there, and you can say, okay, that sounds good. Where's the word? Give me the word on that. So in seeking the Lord, I said, Father, these things sound great. What scripture do we build this on? And this is where he took me. Put this on the screen for us. Go to the book of Isaiah, chapter 43. A scripture I'm guessing you've probably heard before. It's not unfamiliar. But in Isaiah chapter 43, he said in verse 18, this is from the New King James Bible, do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, say this with me, I will do a new thing. Behold, I will do a new thing. He said, it's going to spring forth. Shall you not know it? I'll even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Somebody say, God is doing, God is doing a, new a new thing. Listen to it from the good news translation. And this is the one we're going to go to as we dive deeper into this in the coming weeks. Isaiah 43, 18 and 19 from the Good News Translation, he said, but the Lord says, do not cling to events of the past or dwell on what happened long ago. He said, watch for the new thing. Does that sound like expect? Does that sound like embrace? Watch for the new thing that I'm going to do. He says, it's happening already. You can see it now. I'll make a road through the wilderness and give you streams of water there. I like it from the New Living Translation. He said, forget all that. <laughs> forget all that. Somebody say, forget about it. Forget about it. Forget all that. It's nothing compared to what I'm going to do. I'm about to do something new. See, I've already begun. Do you not see it? He said, I'm going to make a pathway through the uh, wilderness. I'm going to create rivers in the dry wasteland. What's the Lord saying? I'm doing something new. Now, this really shouldn't catch us off guard. And what's interesting about it is we're reading about the Lord doing a new thing in 2024. Of course, this was written, you know, several years ago. <laughs> Actually, a few more years than several years ago. But don't let this catch you off guard. This is the nature of God. He's always doing something new. As a matter of fact, at the end of the Bible, the book of Revelation, he said, behold, I make all things new. This is his character. This is his nature because this is how he operates. He is ever expanding. You know, this universe that he created is still expanding and it is still growing at 186,000 miles per second. And it's expanding on, let there be light. When he spoke those words, however long ago that was, it has been expanding ever since then. New, 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 always something new. In him, there's always something new. He's always making something new. So it shouldn't catch us off guard or come as a surprise to find out, hey, I'm doing something new. He said, I'm doing a new thing. Now, I got to tell you about kind of the transformation that's taken place in my heart about this word going back to when I first heard this from him in November, all the way up until last night. 
because I'll be real honest with you, up until last night, I was really excited about it. And I still am, but something hit me in a different way. When the Lord says, I'm doing something new, people hear that. And if you're like me, the immediate response is, thank God, right? I'm ready for something new. Thank God. I, I'm ready for change. I'm, I'm ready for the new. Come on, Lord, do something new. Do what only you can do. And it's a good preaching too, isn't it? I'm telling you, the Lord's doing something new. <laughs> and people get excited about it. Yeah, amen. Something new. God's up to something. He's up to something good. Something new is coming. I'm believing to see something new. Oh, glory to God. Uncommon unfamiliar, unimaginable, less, yes, yes, something new until he actually does something new. And everybody goes, I don't like this. Uh-uh. I don't like this. Why? It's new. Am I telling the truth? We get real excited about something new until there's actually something new. We get real excited about change until there's actually some change that we get faced with. And then that human nature, that flesh kicks in and goes, nope, uh-uh, I don't like this. Well, why? It's new. It's different. And what he said to them in this verse, do you notice this? It started like this. Forget. Forget. Go back to the New King James. Look at, at the way he said it there. He said, do not remember. What are we supposed to not remember? The former things, the way things were. Or you could say it like this, the way things have always been. He said, don't remember the former things. Don't consider the things of old. The Good News Translation said it like this, don't cling to the events of the past or dwell on what happened long ago. And again, the New Living Translation, forget all that. That just kind of sums it up, doesn't it? Just forget all that. Don't remember the former things. Don't cling to the way things work. Forget all that, he said. I'm doing something new. Have you noticed the tendency that we have as human beings to forget the things we should remember? and remember the things we're supposed to forget? Have you ever noticed that inclination that you and I have? I know I've dealt with this. If you look at the Word of God, there are some things in the Scriptures that He's very specific with us about. You need to be mindful of this. You need to remember this. You need to put this in your thinking. Last week, as a congregation, we received communion together, and Sarah preached that message about forgetting. But what did Jesus say? And she brought this out in communion. Do this in remembrance of me. So there are some things you and I need to forget and there are some things we need to remember. There's some things we need to put in the forefront of our thinking like all the time. The broken body and the spilled blood of the Lord Jesus is one of those things. Do this in remembrance of me. We quoted this verse earlier in our service today. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not or remember all his benefits. He's telling you, don't forget this. Keep this in the forefront of your thinking. What? The benefits. He forgives all your iniquities. He heals all your diseases. He redeems your life from destruction. Don't forget that. Don't forget that. Don't forget that he satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. I better hear some gray hair saying amen right now. Your youth is renewed. Your strength is renewed. Don't forget that. Don't forget that. Keep that right there in the forefront of your thinking. There are some things that you and I are supposed to be remembering all the time, all the time. And yet those things that he tells you to remember, have you noticed this? How easily they slip how easily we let them get past us, how easily we forget. He forgives all my iniquities. When you're busy beating yourself up over making that same mistake again, again, that missing it again, sinning again, I did it again, I did it again, I'm nothing, I'm worthless, how could God even love me? You're forgetting the benefit. You have forgotten, he forgives. 
He forgives all your iniquities. That's benefit. Benefit number one. He heals all your disease. Don't you forget that. Especially when symptoms try to attach themselves to your body. Don't you dare forget. He heals all my diseases. He is the Lord that heals me. Put yourself in remembrance of that. But again, have you noticed these things that we're supposed to remember? We, te we, we tend so easily to forget them. And the things that we're supposed to forget, have you noticed how we cling on to them? We cling to the things he's told us to forget. Folks, this is not an accident. There are spiritual forces at work and at play here. The enemy of your soul, one of his main attacks against us is to rehearse the past to bring that past back before. I know Sarah preached so marvelously on this to you last week. I'm just reminding you again, there are things he told you to forget. To not cling to them, not hold on to them, not dwell on them. Don't cling to the events of the past. Don't dwell on what happened long ago. Watch. Somebody say watch. Watch for the new thing I'm going to do. Let me give you two ways. This will be so simple. Two ways that will guarantee that you totally miss the new thing God's going to do. You're thinking, did I hear him right? Yeah, you heard me right. <laughs> two ways to completely guarantee, make sure that you miss the new thing God's doing. What are those two things? Number one, you choose to not forget. If you choose to cling to the events of the past and to dwell on what happened long ago, this will guarantee that you miss the new thing God's going to do. Now, if you want a guarantee that you not only see the new thing God's doing, but you're a part of it, then what are you going to have to do? forget. This is the only way to see the new thing he's going to do. Now, the reason I'm saying it to you like this is because like we've already said, God is always doing a new work in the earth. He's always doing a new thing in the church, in the body of Christ, not just in our, not, not just in our local body here, but throughout the entire world. There's a new thing happening in the body of Christ all the time. And every day, people are missing it. Every single day, it's going right past them. With this word, this 2024 word, a year like never before, the thing that you and I need to make the decision about right here and now is that we're going to be a part of it. That we're not going to miss it and we're not going to let it get past us. Are you interested in this? I don't want to just find out he's doing a new thing and then watch from the outside as he goes to work in, in people's lives outside. I want to be right there in the middle of it. Whatever he's doing in the earth, I want to be a part of it. But it's going to require, number one, that we forget. Let go of some things. Stop dwelling on some things of the past. Now, he gave us two instructions here. Number one, forget. Somebody say, forget. forget. What else did he say to do? Go back to the, uh, the Good News translation. Put that back up there for us, please. The Lord says, do not cling to the events of the past or dwell on what happened long ago. But what does he say to do? Watch. Watch for the new thing that I'm going to do. And actually, he said, it's happening already. You can see it now. And I'll make a road through the wilderness and give you streams of water there. You're going to have to forget some stuff and you're going to have to start watching. Now, this to me is a confirmation of what he said. Wake up every day expecting, expecting the uncommon, embracing the unfamiliar. This is watching for it. This is actively looking for it. And when he used this word new, you, you know what this word means, but let me just give you a few words to describe it. 
The word new means something fresh, something unused, something original, something that's never existed before, something that's just now beginning and is better than what went before. I like that. Better than anything that's gone before. The word new means unprecedented, uncommon, or unheard of. So when the Lord said, I'm doing something new, what is he saying? I'm doing something that's never been done before. I'm doing something uncommon. I'm doing something unheard of. But if you want to be a part of it, if you want to be right in the middle of it, you're going to have to look. You're going to have to watch for it. And then when he went on in this scripture, he said, here's what the new thing's going to be like. And I'm glad he said this because this is what he's giving us to look for. How will we know the new thing when you see it? And how will you know it's God and not just something somebody else came up with? He said, okay, well, I'll tell you how. Because the new thing that I'm doing is going to be, he said, a pathway in the wilderness. The new thing is going to be a path in the wilderness. The new thing is going to be a river in the desert. This is how you know it's God. He said the new thing is going to be like a path where? In the wilderness. That word path is like the word road. And the wilderness all throughout scripture, going all the way back to the children of Israel coming out of Egypt, that wilderness that they spent year after year after year in, that was never, listen, never God's will. Never God's intent for them. He did not deliver them out of Egyptian bondage to wander the wilderness for 40 years. This was not his plan. He told them, as soon as he brought them out, I got a land for you. I got a promised land for you. It flows with milk and honey. Come on, let's just get through this wilderness because that's just what's between where you were and where you're going. And they said, no, we're good. We'll stay here for 40 years. And that wilderness represented wandering, aimless, and no direction. Now, don't misunderstand me. The Lord did wonderful things for him in the wilderness. He provided for him there. He provided food miraculously. He provided water miraculously. He kept them. He sustained them. But the wilderness was not where he wanted them to end up. But that wilderness was just year after year of wandering and wandering and wandering and going in circles. And you got to wonder how many times people year after year were like, didn't we pass that rock already? Haven't we been past this tree before? This really looks familiar to me. When you spend that long wandering in the same place, things start to look familiar. Things start to look common. Oh, there's that rock again. There's that old tree again. But you spend enough time out in the wilderness, with, maybe without realizing, realizing you're thinking this way, you start to believe this is where I'm called. You start to believe this is my life. This is where I'm supposed to spend my life. But can you imagine spending year after year after year in a wilderness and one day you look up and there's a road. There's a road. Now, even if you don't know where that road starts or where it ends, it would be life changing just to find a road. Why? Because it goes somewhere. You know this, it goes somewhere. And I thought this was interesting studying the wilderness and what it is and what it means. The literal definition of the, of the word wilderness is a, a, a pathless area. No road. And this is why you end up wandering in the wilderness and seeing the same things over and over and over. And you see the same things in your job over and over and in your marriage over and over and in your finances over and over and in your health over. Oh, here we go again. Every year I get the same stinking flu. Here we go again. And it's just over and over and over again. It's a pathless area. There's no way out. And you know what the Lord said? Hey, 
I'm doing something new. And if you've been stuck in this wilderness, I want you to wake up every day expecting a road. Every day expecting a road that takes you out of this. Glory to God. What else does the new thing look like? It looks like a river in a desert. Now that word wilderness and desert could be translated as the same word. He's saying, I'm going to put a road there for you. I'm going to put a river in that place. Imagine spending 40 years in a desert. And man, you are thirsty and you are dried out. <laughs> How thrilled would you be to find a river? That's life-changing. Water is a source of life. That flow of water is a source of life. You know, when scientists and space explorers, when, they, when they're looking at other stars or planets or other celestial beings, you know what they're looking for? Well, we're looking for signs of life. Really what they're looking for, and they'll tell you this, water. Is there water there? Because if there's water there, there could be anything there. Because it is a source of life. And this is what the Lord is saying to us, church. This new thing he's doing in your life, in my life, in this church, it's going to be like a river running through the middle of a desert where you've been dried out, where you've been uh, fruitless and unproductive. He said, I'm going to put a river right there. I'm going to put a source of life right there. You're going to be able to drink out of that. That will sustain you. It will strengthen you. It will keep you. And you will start producing fruit in maybe in a place that you couldn't produce fruit before. Wandering around in this wilderness and desert, unproductive year after year after year. Hey, all that's getting ready to change. You're about to be productive in a way you never have been before. And it's going to be because of this river and this road that you're going to wake up one day and, and find because you're looking for it. You're watching for it. You're expecting the uncommon. A road in a wilderness is an uncommon thing. A river in a desert is an uncommon thing. Do you see what the Lord's saying to us? Now, what I said to you a moment ago, it would be easy to get excited about this word. It's another thing to stay excited when you start seeing that change come. Are you willing to let the Lord do some things in your life that don't look anything like what he's done before? Because the flesh doesn't like that. You ever noticed this before? Your flesh doesn't like that. Other people's flesh does not like when things change. I mean, there have been people that have left churches that they were a part of for decades because they painted the lobby a different color. Oh, you think I'm kidding? People who have been around places and around things for a long time and they liked it just the way it was. Oh, but somebody came, I don't like this new carpet. I don't like this new paint. Silly things, natural things, inconsequential things. But the nature of the flesh is to resist change. Wants to be comfortable. Likes the way it was. I want to show you this in scripture. Go with me, please, to the book of Mark, chapter 2. Do you have just a few more minutes for me this morning? We won't get to all this today. I can already tell. But... You love your church and you're coming back next week, right? Amen. Okay. Mark chapter two. Thank you, Lord. Let's look at the beginning of this chapter. Oh, praise you, Lord. If you know anything about the life and the ministry of Jesus, you know that there were people that loved him, loved what they saw and heard from him. And standing right next to them was a bunch of people that didn't love it. There was a bunch of people that resisted it and hated it. Why? Because it was new. Everything Jesus did was a new move of God. And I've picked just a few examples of this for you. Mark chapter 2. Look at verse one. It says, and again, he, Jesus, entered Capernaum after some days, and it was heard that he was in the house. 
Immediately many gathered together so that there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door. He preached the word to them. And they came to him bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. And when Jesus, verse five, when Jesus saw their faith, do you know faith can be seen? He saw it. How'd he see their faith? Because their faith just dug a hole in the roof. Their faith just uncovered the roof. Their faith let this man down. Their faith did all that Jesus could see all of it. And when he saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven you. Benefit number one. Your sins are forgiven. But look at what it says in verse six. Some of the scribes that were sitting there, they were reasoning in their hearts. And what were they saying? Verse seven, why does this man speak blasphemies like this? Who can forgive sins but God alone? And immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they reasoned thus within themselves, he said to them, why do you reason about these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven or to say, arise, take up your bed and walk, but that you may know the son of man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, arise, take up your bed, go to your house. Benefit number two. Number one, what's the first benefit? Your sins are forgiven. What's the second benefit? Your, your diseases are healed. And I want you to notice the response of the people. Verse 12, immediately he arose took up the bed, went out in the presence of them all so that all were amazed and glorified God saying, we never saw anything like this. What are these people saying? They're standing there going, this is new. Huh? You ever seen this before? I've never seen this before. This is new. Did you hear what he said? He said, your sins are for it. Well, this is new. We've been listening to preaching for a long time. And a lot of the preaching they'd been listening to were by some of these guys that were in the house, these scribes, these Pharisees. We never heard them say anything like this. Do you notice as you read the ministry of Jesus, how often people said this kind of thing? They were astonished at his doctrine. We never heard anything like this. They were astonished when he spoke to the demon possessed man and he cast the demon out with a word. You know what the people said? They didn't say, wow, how'd you do that? See, that's what everybody wants to know when they see a magic trick. Oh, that's neat. How'd you do that? That's not what they said. They said, what a word this is. They acknowledged that it was a word that did it, but it was a word like we've never heard before. It was a word that was mighty. It was a word that was powerful. It was a word that changes stuff. So when there was a demon possessed man, they've seen that before. The only thing they'd never seen was demons leave. And they sat there and go, well, this is new. Huh? Wow. We've never seen anything like this. What a word this is that even the demons are subject to him. This is what the disciples said when they were out on the boat and the storm was raging around them and Jesus stood up in the bow of the ship and said, peace, be still. And the wind ceased and the waves stopped. You know what the, the Bible says about the disciples? They were afraid, looked at each other and said, this is new. That's literally what they said. They said, who could this be that even the wind and the waves obey him? This is new. Somebody say, this is new. We never see that this is new. And people were constantly saying this thing right here, we've never seen anything like this before. Now there were people that saw what happened to this paralytic man. And you notice this, they glorified God and there will be those. And I believe we are some of those, amen? amen. That when we see the new thing, what are we going to do? We are going to glorify God, even if it looks like something we haven't seen before, even if God chooses to do it in a way we've never seen him do before. Check this out. Even if he does it through somebody, you never would have thought he would do it through. You're going to go, okay, glory to God. 
Lord God, you're God. You can use who you want to use. You can do it how you want to do it. I just want to be a part of it. And even if we're standing there going, okay, well, this is new. This is new. If we see God in it, if it's a road that's cut through the wilderness, if it's a river that's flowing in a desert, we're going to give him glory for it. Amen. Now, there were those that gave him glory, but you know as well as I do, there were those who didn't. And you see this in the very next chapter, Mark 3. Look at this with me. It says, he entered the synagogue again, and a man was there who had a withered hand, so they watched him closely. Look, they're looking for this. They watched him closely, whether he would heal him on the Sabbath, so they might accuse him. And he said to the man who had the withered hand, step forward. And then he said to them, is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do evil, to save life or to kill? But they kept silent. And when he had looked around at them with anger, being grieved by the hardness of their heart, he said to the man, stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out and his hand was restored as whole as the other. Now this man, what does it say about him? He had a withered hand. Who knows how long it had been this way? And when Jesus said, stretch it out and it was healed, that man, I bet you looked at his hand and said, wow, this is new. Couldn't do that before. It was stretched out. It's moving. It's got strength in it again. This is new. This is a real good opportunity to go ahead and lift that hand and say, thank you, Lord. Glory, glory, glory to God. But I want you to notice what people, how they responded to it. Then the Pharisees, verse six, went out and immediately plotted with the Herodians against him how they might destroy him. They didn't like this new thing. And without taking the time, you could go through scripture after scripture throughout the ministry of Jesus, especially when he would heal somebody on the Sabbath day. Oh, how darest thou heal on the Sabbath? See, this is what these guys are so hacked off about. He healed the guy, but they're watching. You notice that they're watching to see if he does it on the Sabbath. Why? Because we don't do that on the Sabbath. And this is literally what they would say to Jesus. There was another uh, instance where there was a woman who had been hunched over. She had been bent over, the scripture says. What was it, 18 years? This is her life. This is the wilderness she's been living in with no way out of this. 18 years like this, hunched over, bent over. Now she came to Jesus and it happened to be Saturday. And Jesus looked at this woman and saying, ought not this woman who's a daughter of Abraham be loosed? Loose her and let her go. There's a road that just cut through the middle of this wilderness and a river that's now flowing through this desert. And that bent over, hunched over, bowed over woman, strength shot through that body. And I don't know how quickly it happened, but I guarantee you healing sprang forth speedily. And she stood up and she said, this is new. Couldn't do that before. Oh, she starts moving and she starts shouting and thanking and praising God. And there was a Pharisee there. And he said, wait, 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 wait. No, 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 no. This is a direct quote. He said, there are six days in which a person can be healed, but not on the Sabbath. I don't like this. This is new. I don't like this. So you got one person going, woo, this is new. This is new. Glory to God. You got another person going, this is new. I don't like this. This is new. Why? We don't do this on the Sabbath. You got six days where you can perform miracles. Really, how many miracles I wonder had that guy performed on like Thursday? Any on a Monday? Well, no. How about last Tuesday? How many miracles did you have last Tuesday? Well, none that I know of. What about Wednesday, Thursday, Friday? No, we didn't, we didn't have any. But we're not having miracles on a Saturday. You can forget that, mister. 
And here are people, religious, religious people, who I guarantee you could quote Isaiah 43:19. He's doing something new. And watching for it. Every one of these people claiming to be looking for it, claiming we're watching for, we're watching for the Messiah. We're looking for him. And here comes Jesus. And they're like, nah, that's not him. <laughs> Why? That, that's new. What do you expect it to be? We want a new thing that looks exactly like the old thing. That's what religion wants. A new thing that looks just like the old thing. Do you remember when God told Samuel to go to Jesse's house and to anoint one of his sons to be king because God had rejected Samuel, or excuse me, had, had rejected Saul? And when Jesse's first and oldest son, Eliab, stood before the prophet, Samuel said, surely the Lord's anointed is before him. And that's when the Lord said, no, I've rejected him. And he said to Samuel, I don't see as man sees. Because man looks on the outward appearance, I'm looking on the heart. Why did Samuel assume that Eliab was the one God was anointing? Because he looks so much like Saul. This looks like what God did before. Saul was tall, this guy's tall. Saul was strong, this guy's strong. Saul was good looking, this guy's good looking. Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. And God said, eh. not him and not the next one and not the next one and not the next one and not the next. He went all the way down till he got to David and said, this is the new thing I want to do. Even though it looked nothing like what he'd done before. Are you open? Are you open to let the Lord do some things in this family, in this congregation? Even if it doesn't look like what it looked like before, are you open to a new thing? See, I don't want to be a religious person who claims, oh, I'm looking for him. I'm watching for him. I'm expecting to see him. And then when he's standing there, reject it, refuse to embrace it, because it doesn't look like what he's done before. Oh, we're believing God for a, a year like never before, as long as it looks just like 2023. No. Expect the uncommon. Embrace the unfamiliar. Thank you, Lord. Let me give you just a couple more scriptures and we'll wrap this up for today. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hmm. So many examples of this. Go with me, please, to the book of John chapter 7, and you can also find Acts chapter 1. John 7 and Acts chapter 1. It only counts as one scripture if I give them to you at the same time. So John 7 and Acts 1. And while you're looking for those, uh, you remember in Mark chapter 5, when just after Jesus had calmed the storm, they arrived on shore on the other side of the lake. And the Bible says there met them a demon-possessed man. You remember this guy. I call him crazy naked guy. And he had been terrorizing this whole countryside. And he would scream night after night in the cemetery. And they couldn't clothe him. They couldn't chain him. He'd break out of the chains. This spirit was terrorizing this entire area. It was called Decapolis, 10 cities. And they all lived under constant fear and terror about this demon-possessed man who had a legion of demons on the inside of him. And when Jesus set foot on shore, that spirit saw Jesus and from a long way off began running towards him. Can you imagine the disciples who thought they were just about to die on the water and they get to shore while they're kissing the ground? Crazy naked man's running at them, screaming, Jesus, son of God, what have I to do with you? And Jesus speaks to those demons. Here he goes again with this word. 
and drives out the demons from this man. And you remember what happened, right? Drove him into a herd of 2,000 pigs. And every one of those pigs, can you imagine 2,000 pigs in one place? That's a lot of pigs. And he drives those demons into those pigs and those demons drive those pigs over the cliff. 2,000 pigs commit suicide. The disciples, this guy who's now clothed in his right mind, and, and listen, all the people, the people that were hurting those pigs, the people that, in those cities, they all watched 2,000 pigs commit suicide. And you know what they said? This is new. This is new. We've never seen anything like this. And the Bible says when they saw that man clothed and in his right mind, this man who had been terrorizing them. I mean, kids would, would stay up late around the fire pit telling stories about crazy naked guy. Nobody knew if it was, oh, it's true, it's true. That guy is now sitting clothed in his right mind. And he's, he's sitting there going, this is new. I like this. I ain't got 6,000 demons in me anymore. Clothes, I could get used to clothes. This is nice. This is new. And all the people from around those cities, they saw it and they said, no, this is new. And they begged Jesus to leave. Which of these people are we going to be? When he does something and it's unfamiliar to us and it's uncommon to us, are we going to be the ones that lift a hand and say, thank God for the new thing he's doing? Or are we going to be the ones that go, no. No, this is new. I don't know what's going on in this church. I used to like it here, but this, I don't know about this. We've, we've never done it like this before. Famous last words of dead and dying churches. We've never done it like this before. In John chapter 7, down around verse 37, it says, On the last day... Uh, of that uh, feast, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the spirit whom those believing in him would receive for the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. So this river that we've been talking about all morning, this new thing, God saying, I'm doing in your life, in your family, in this church. When you wake up every day and you're looking for this river, Jesus is telling you where to look. It's flowing out of you. There's a river, he said, that would flow out of your belly. And I guarantee you, everybody who heard it that day said, ah, out of your, my, my belly? Out of me? Me, this whole thing? Flowing rivers? I don't know about that. That's not like anything I've ever heard before. Exactly. And without taking the time to go through all of it, I want to just give this to you. And I believe this is the way the Lord wants us to start this year. If you go over to the book of Acts, you notice what Jesus said to them. This is just after he's resurrected from the dead and he's appeared to them. In Acts chapter one, verse four, it says, being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, talking to his disciples, but to wait, to wait for the promise of the father. He's talking to them about watching for this, looking for this. See, he had, he had told them in the book of John, chapter 16, other places, he said to them, I, I got more things to say to you, but sorrow has filled your heart. Why were they so sorrowful? Because Jesus said, hey, things are getting ready to change. I'm leaving. See, these disciples, they weren't like the Pharisees that resisted Jesus. No, they embraced the new. Oh yeah, we're on board with the Jesus thing. He's new. We never seen anything like it, never heard anything like it. This is change and we love it. Oh, this is God's doing. He's the son of God. He's the Messiah. He's the one we've been watching for, waiting for. And we, we embrace that. But then when Jesus says, hey, change is coming, they're like, no, we don't want change. 
we like you. He says, I'm leaving. And they said, no, you're not. You're not going, stop it. Why are you talking like this? Peter challenged him on it. Why are you saying these things? No, it's all about to change. We don't want it to change. We like it the way it is. We're, we're the Jesus people. We're on board with this Jesus thing. And Jesus himself is saying, something's changing. Something's coming. It's new. And they're going, ah, I don't know. See, sorrow had filled their heart. And he's saying, I got more to tell you, but you can't even hear it. Why? You're crying so loud, you can't hear it. We don't want anything new. We want it the way it's been for the last three years. We're like, you. He said, something's coming. Something's coming. And he's talking to them about the Holy Spirit. And he says to him here, now you need to go wait. Don't leave Jerusalem. Go wait, go watch for this gift. Which he said, verse four, you've heard from me. John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. What's he saying? It's new. Now we're on board with this John's baptism thing. I don't know about this baptism in the Holy Spirit thing. I'm on board with this baptism of repentance. I don't know about this, what do you call it? Holy Ghost? Baptized in the Holy Spirit? That sounds too new. I don't know about this. Jesus is saying no. And here's what you got to understand about the new. It's not in replacing of the old. It's on top of it. It's built upon it. It's not replacing and doing away with everything God's done up until now. It's building upon what he's done up until now. Baptism of the Holy Spirit did not get rid of John's baptism, the baptism of repentance. It's on top of it. So they did what he said, right? And they went and they waited. And they're all together in this room upstairs. And what are they doing? Praying, watching, waiting, expecting, getting ready to embrace something uncommon, something unfamiliar. And right in the middle of that, Acts chapter two, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And they're looking around each other going, this is new. Never seen this before. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting and there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. They're speaking in an unknown language, looking at each other, and they're like, you got fire on you. You got fire on you. What are they saying? This is new. Oh, this is new. And I like it. This is new and I'm into it. This is new and I'm all about this. Whatever's going on, I can't explain it. And they begin to speak in an unknown tongue as the Spirit gives them utterance. And they're praising God in other tongues and worshiping God in other tongues. And I don't know how or why or who the first one was out the door, but they went stumbling out of that upper room, stumbling, drunk, praying in the Holy Ghost, and miracles start happening. And there were people in Jerusalem from places all around the world, and they said, I know what he's saying. I, how is it I understand what he's saying? And this guy who speaks this language understands what he's saying. And this other guy who speaks this other language understands what he's saying. This is new. The world's never seen anything like this. This is exciting. This is new. And there's people going, oh, this is God. This is God. This is new and it's God and I like it. And there were other people going, they're drunk. And they mocked him. There will always be both of those people. When the Spirit of God does something new, there will always be those who say, this is God and I like it. And there will be those that say, they're nothing but drunks. Crazy. No thanks. How can two people see the same thing and get two totally different things out of it? It's about the heart. What's the heart open to? See, these are people who were there waiting, watching, expecting, ready for it. Musicians, you guys begin to come.
And when Peter came out of the upper room and they said, these guys are drunk, what did he say to them? When they're not drunk, not drunk like you think they are. Verse 14, Peter standing with the 11 raised his voice and said to them, men of Judah who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words for these are not drunk as you suppose. They're not drunk the way you think they are. Since it's only about the third hour of the day, he said, but this, this, I want you to stand up and I want you to hear this as we begin to wrap this up. This is the, pe- the, the message that Peter preached about the new thing that was happening. Verse 16, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. That's new. They've never seen anything like this before. This is new when the spirit of God hits our sons and hits our daughters and our little ones, our young ones begin to open their mouths and inspire utterance by the spirit of God flows out of them. When we see it, what are we going to say? We'll say, this is new and I like it. This is God. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. And on my men servants and my maid servants. This is men and women. And there's a lot of people in 2024 that can't get over this woman preaching thing. Oh, this is new. I don't like this. I don't like this. He said it's coming. And I'm going to pour out my spirit and I'm going to pour my spirit out on men and I'm going to pour my spirit out on women and the men will prophesy and the women will prophesy and your sons will prophesy and your daughters will prophesy. And if you can't get over the fact that the word of God's coming out of a woman, then fine. You stay in the old ways. You stay, you stay mindful of an old tradition and a way you were brought up. But if this is how God wants to do it, if he wants that woman to stand in this pulpit every day of this year, if that's what he wants to do, go for it. Oh, this is new. I don't know about this. Well, get on board. Just get on board. I'll leave it with that. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. On my men servants and my maid servants, I'll pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. I'll show wonders in the heaven above. I'll show signs in the earth beneath. Blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun will be turned into darkness, the moon into blood before the coming and the great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls Calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. There's a wave coming. I'm going to read this to you next week, but there's a wave coming. Brother Hagen saw this in the spirit years ago, and he said, we've seen the wave of the spirit in the charismatic revival. We've seen the wave of the spirit in the healing revival. He said, we saw the wave of the spirit in faith and in the teaching of the word of God. He said, but there's coming a wave of the Holy Spirit, and we're going to press into it as we pray in other tongues. And he said, just like a wave that crashes on the shore, you're seeing on the shore what began miles and miles and miles out in the depths of the ocean and how that potential energy began working out there and it would grow and it would grow and it would grow as it came closer and closer to the shore. And he said, we don't want to be washed up on the shore, sticking with an old thing in an old way. But when the Spirit of God moves in the next wave and the next wave, we want to swim back out there into the deeps and ride that wave and then swim back out into the depths and ride the, ne- ride the next wave of the Spirit of God. And I believe this is what's coming to this church in 2024. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And there were times when they were filled and it manifested in speaking in other tongues. There were times when they were filled and it manifested in prophecy and inspired utterance. 
I'm telling you, there's not just one thing. Don't limit God and the moving of the Spirit to just one thing. Let Him do what He wants to do. Amen. 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 Let Him do what He wants to do. Somebody say it. He's doing a new thing. I'm looking for it. I'm watching for it. I'm into it. (laughs) Come on, lift up your hands before the Lord right now. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We hope you enjoyed this message. If you need someone to pray with you, there are several ways for you to contact us. Feel free to give us a call at 817-577-0180. You can also contact us through the Legacy Studios app or either of our websites. Giving options are available online at pearsonsministries.com and legacychurch.family. If you prefer, you can also text an offering. Simply text LEGACY in any dollar amount to the number 28950 and follow the prompts. Be blessed today. We love you. And remember, you are always welcome here in the House of Faith.